What's up, people? It's your boy D Raw coming to you with another episode of the Houston Sports Connoisseurs. Uh, don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me, your boy D Raw, the connoisseur. And we got Corey back again. First off, before we start this, as much as it pains me to say this, congratulations to the Houston Texans for making the playoffs and beating the Jaguars. And we just had one simple task to do it. That was when we couldn't do it. So I got to give credit what credit is due. So congratulations to your team. I don't know what y'all going to do tomorrow, but congratulations <laughs> either way. It, it's, it's, it matters not, so it's cool, bro. He, he don't know now, but by the conclusion of this episode, he will know. I promise, people. I promise. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the new college football playoff format going into 2020, uh, 2024 season. Also, we're going to cover um, the college coaches you know, that may be on a move or that one college coach that's, you know, has retired and now Alabama's looking for that vacant uh fill fill in position. That's who's gonna, gonna be, you know, who's gonna fill that position. That's gonna be a hard place to very, step into. Very hard task. Also, um we're gonna talk about the NFL playoffs. You know, we gotta do our NFL playoff pick 'em and then we gotta talk about the NFL coaches that have lost their jobs or decide to step down and now that organization is looking for a new replacement and the uh in a in the episode we're going to talk about the houston rockets i know it's been a while since we gave an update on the rockets so we're going to talk about where they at and where they may be going at this point of the season at 500. so let's jump into it all right so as you all know we watched the national title game on monday michigan versus washington and let me be the first to say, it did not live up to my expectations at all. At all. At all. Because I'm thinking it was going to be a competitive shootout, and I didn't get any of that. Because right. I thought Washington's defense was going to show and shock the world and at least make some type of, make the game competitive more than what it was. Mm -hmm. They had, Michigan had breakout runs. The first half looked just horrible. Michael Penix was out here missing easy targets, people was dropping balls, they was fumbling, and like, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be the Blake Corum show, he did have a good outing, but then, you know, you got other running backs just stepping out, McCarthy didn't have to do anything, like, oh, like, bro. The way I looked at it, bro, I really thought Michael Penix Jr. was going to be able to step into this game and be laser on focus like he was against UT. I knew Michigan coming to this game had a good defensive line. I knew what to expect from Michigan. But just seeing how Washington and Michael Penix himself dominated UT, I thought Washington really had a chance to just, you know, put up points in this game. Yeah. But the 34-13 score definitely said the opposite. McCarthy... I mean, he was the more game-managing quarterback, but he actually looked like the better quarterback in that game. And that's the crazy and, part. And it shouldn't be that way. Because we all know Michael Penix Jr. is going to be a top-ten pick. Maybe yeah. even top-five, depending mm -hmm. on where you see, you know, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., whatever the case may be. Yeah. Wherever you see them falling at, either way, Michael Penix Jr. should be a top-ten pick, and he did not look like it on Monday. At all. And another thing is, you know, this game was probably like the first game that he's actually been put on the spot uh, as as a quarterback in college. You know, 
him coming from Nebraska, being in Washington, all the success he had has had at Washington, no one has really seen him, you know, under the microscope like he he was in this game. You know, he he played in some big games against Oregon and some other teams in the Pac-12, but yeah. this game right here, it really kind of showed you what he may look like in the NFL. But at the same time, that's a small sample size, but sometimes that small sample size is the only sample that you may need, you know, versus that large sample that we've seen him just sit sit in the pocket and dominate. But now we've seen pressure on him. We've seen how he fold under pressure, and it, it kind of causes some concern with him moving forward into the NFL and also being an older quarterback, a six-year senior, he's 26 years old. And we, we got to hope that he's going to have it figured out moving on to the next level. And he got to understand, too, you're not going to a team that's already just, you know, playoff bound. So you're going to go through a lot of trials and tribulations with whatever team you go to. Because mm-hmm. you they picking that early, you're a guaranteed first-round pick. So that means you're going to go to a team that might not have offensive line. You might have a team that might have any weapons. So how are you going to make the adjustments to actually, you know, counteract the poor performance that you showed on Monday. And that's what I'm scared about for Michael Penix Jr. Well, I'm really worried about that from all the quarterbacks coming out, but him more so because he's had time to really just learn and be under a pro-style offense and really just get his, you know, reads and things together. But what I saw on Monday, like the throws, the air throws he was making under pressure, and when he tried to scramble out, like, he looked good on some of the scramble routes. Mm-hmm. But when it came for, like, you know, stepping into his throws, he wasn't doing it. And from what I saw against Texas until now, it's, it wasn't the same quarterback at all. Well, we also got to also look at that offensive line that Washington brought in. You know, we expect them to dominate how they did against UT. And that Michigan front D line, it just, they just wasn't having it. And they did not give Penix enough time to ever step into the pocket, really, and make those throws. And the times that he did, he was already rattled and he would miss receivers, yeah. you know. But that being said, Michigan dominated the game. You know, it, it really looked easy for Michigan at, at some uh, point. And it seemed like the bigger challenge in, in the playoff for Michigan was Alabama versus Washington, you know, yeah, as we, we look at everything in, in this totality. So... Michigan, they move on to be the national champions of 2023-24 season or whatever. Yeah, no, I think it's just 2023 because, you know, 2024, you know how it just rolls around. Yeah. So they just give one year. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Jim Harbaugh. You finally got that monkey off your back too. Yeah. You finally take your alma mater to the prestigious place that they should have always been at before. So mm-hmm. congratulations and to you. And that transitions into – What's up with Jim Harbaugh? Where is he going? Is he going to the NFL? He's going and to Los Angeles. He's going okay. to be the coach of so, the Chargers. So you think he's going to the Chargers? I mean, yeah. it might be a good spot for him. It's but the perfect spot. on the college side of things, who does Michigan find to fill his shoes? And at the same time, with Alabama losing Nick Saban to retirement, now let's let's give a little you know props to Nick Saban. We, we're talking about a Hall of Fame coach. I think he has won with the most championships. If yeah, not, he has, he has if seven, not, right? If not the most, he's no. With, him, I think him and uh, the other person that was Bear Bryant. Yeah, Bear Bryant. I think so, they both have seven. So he he's tied for the most championships. Uh, one of the most winning winning uh, for coaches ever to to touch the surface of college football. Um, he's done it at several programs. Yeah, that boy did it at LSU. He did it at Alabama. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got a, he has a very so beautiful track record. His track record, his resume is you know it's up there with the fullest of the best. You know, it's impeccable. Uh, you can't really knock Nick Saban when yeah, it comes to college football. So it that goes to say Alabama has high expectations. But I will tell you this one thing about Alabama: Alabama is not a top five job. Really? It's Why? not. It's Alabama. I mean. It, so why would right, you be look, a top five job? All right, look. All right, let's let's put it this way. Nick Saban made that a top five job. He made that a five star program. Now, yeah, it was in the SEC. It's always been the SEC. It has the program has had success before. But when you talk about top five jobs, we talking about Michigan, Ohio State, Texas, USC. Um, so you saying like, are you saying that because they have like better boosters or something? Or it's not, like it's like not even really about the areas. I think it's about the location. And but Alabama has a prestige over those schools. Yeah. When it's you only think, because when you of Nick Saban, though. You, no, no. Bear Bryant had that school, in, you know, where oh. it is. Yeah, they did. They, I felt like they did fall off from, what, the 80s and 90s? But the point is, though, you still yeah. knew. Look, key, key words, 80s and 90s. You know how long ago that was? We're talking about 40, 30 years ago. 30, 40 years ago. Okay, so if that's the case, then that's like taking away the prestige away from like Miami, Florida. Miami. Schools like I mean, I'm going to be honest. Schools, those are prestige I'm schools. I'm going to be honest, bro. Miami ain't got no prestige at this point. They used what? to be the U. They used to be the U. No, they always going to be the U. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah, ain't but, nobody going around talking about, yeah, I'm going to go to the U. If you I'm ask, sure there's a lot of kids ask, bro, if in, you, that, in Florida. Bro, I'm sure there's a lot of if, kids in Florida. People, if you ask somebody... Uh, that's upcoming right now. That's like 15 years old. That's looking to go to co- play college football right now. You ask them about the U. Nine times out of ten, they don't have no understanding who the U is, who the U is or was at this point, bro. It's, it's okay. Now you might have not relevant. They are relevant, but they're not on the same level as like Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Texas, Oklahoma. They, I don't those are top five. Enough. Those are top five college jobs. Clint, I mean, not Clemson. The Crimson Tide is not a top five job. Man, it's I, in I, Tuscaloosa, I Alabama, number I one. I don't care where it's at. It, it it has built itself up to be there as far as facilities, but overall, I just don't. I don't think it's a top five job, bro. So you feel like they're gonna get? You feel like they shouldn't go out and spend money on some extravagant coach? Because no, I'm not, not a no, they they got the money to spend, but they're not they're not going to be able to pull no coach from another top end job, and they're so far we have seen that because Mike Norvell has decided to stay put. He got a new contract, I think, uh, eight year extension, about ten million a year. That's, uh, that's good, Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, he's he, not leaving. He already tweeted and said, oh. "Great time to be a Longhorn." And then you think about it, it really is because hey, he turned. Hey, look, let me tell you something. He did what most coaches couldn't even do at Texas because they had Tom Edwards, they had Charlie Strong, and they couldn't turn around Texas. And he could trust me. I wouldn't leave that job either. But look, also, I wouldn't leave that job. I'm gonna tell you why it's the perfect time to be a Longhorn because there's no Nick Saban in the SEC no more. And so, who does become the powerhouse now in? In the SEC, that's, that's a good question. That's what I'm saying. And right now, you think about it. So it's Georgia. It's got to be Georgia. It, all right, I, I give you that. Georgia, Georgia. Okay, but look, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you another reason why Alabama is not a top five job because of transfer portal. 
And Yo, that mean no school speed. No, 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 that's not true. Because everybody wants to transfer to the bigger schools right now, for the most part. I mean, that's what they're doing. Oh, you saying like in schools as far as like, you know, top tier. Yeah, like top tier. Like top tier, top opportunities. I mean, Alabama is there. Yeah, the money is there. You know, they, they could pay their players. But when I'm talking about NIL opportunities, things in that market, Michigan, Ohio, USC, UT, Look at the locations of some of these schools, and I think that's the difference. Man, but you but looking, also, but you more looking at the money flowing I'm into the saying, schools. Bro. All right, wow, all right. You looking at the money flowing. Because you. I look at it like this: kids nowadays, yes, the NIL does play a big part. We've discussed this almost every week when we talked about this. Yes, NIL, the money does play a big deal, but at the same time, some people go to those schools for legacy purposes. Some people go to certain schools just because they know it's going to bring the attention that they want. And I feel like Alabama will always bring the attention that you want, no mm -hmm. matter who's the coach. Now, I don't know what coach is going to really take over well, because I feel like a lot of them kids are about to hit the transfer portal. They you are. are. You are. But they are. Right about that because you saw what Shadour Sanders tweeted out. Yeah, yeah come about, on. Come to Colorado. Perfect timing, right? About Alabama players tap in. So, that let you know right oh, there. I'm telling you, bro. It's like, and I think that's the main reason that Nick Saban retired because he's an older coach. What Nick Saban was, 72 or something like that? 72. So he's an older coach, and the game has really changed. This college football landscape has really evolved in the last year from the transfer portal to the NIL deals, and now you got this 12-team playoff format. Uh, that would have been good. And then you're looking at Nick Saban. Um, with that, that format, it opens up more doors for him not to have success. You know what I'm saying? His road was easier. I feel like he would have had more success. Look at all the people nah. he had coming in. Hey, look. Under his under his tutelage, look how far Jalen Milrow progressed throughout the season. I understand that. But, all right, hear me out. What I'm saying is, in the 12-team playoff format, oh, you, there's... You there's get a, bumped off by anybody. Yeah, you're getting bumped off by anybody now. Yeah, it, it might sound hard for him to win every game or lose a game and then get into the playoff with the 14 format, but I believe that was easier, a lot easier than this 12 team because now anybody can bump you off. Those group of five teams that may have went undefeated, they really got a shot now so to get in so and knock off someone like Alabama. He was getting into the playoffs because he was Nick Saban. No, he was getting into the playoffs because they Alabama and they in the SEC. But he also is Nick Saban, which is a damn good coach, which I just said. But I think the, the the portal is the reason why he retired because it's unstable. You 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 sit up, you recruit players in high school yeah, and that's that's happy, sour, that's leave. spoiled, that's looking for money now, and you do all that work for one year. Boom! I got you on my roster. I look at my roster. And I say, okay, I got this five-star athlete. I got this four-star athlete. I got ten three-star athletes. You know, I'm, I'm proud of my roster. But this is only really for one year now. You know, this is not me looking into the future and saying, man, we're going to be set, you know, in the next four years. We're going to be all right. Now it's like we set this year, but next year, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come back. This, this guy, he might transfer and go to USC and leave Alabama. You know what I'm saying? And go be quarterback. And just because USC might offer him a little bit more money. 
You know what I'm saying? That's or USC right. might give him something on the side that's a little bit more lucrative, you know, to help his family. Whatever the case may be, you don't really know what you're going to have for that year. So, year one, I got the top recruiting class in the nation. Year two, um, half of them players is transferring and going to Colorado to play for Deion Sanders. So, now, not only am I recruiting a freshman, uh, I mean, recruiting freshmen in high school to come into my program to be, you know, playing for my school. I'm also recruiting the players I already got, bro, to, to stay here and play for my school yeah, into the next season. And okay. then, on the flip side of that, I'm going to the other school to recruit their players so they can come to my school. And then, and I got to figure out ways to try to keep the other schools off of my players because there's no law, there's no rule out there to say, hey, Dion, you can't go talk to such and such, so-and-so, uh, number top 10 recruit or whatever from last year that played for Michigan uh, during the season. I could talk to this guy anytime. So, I could send him stuff in the mail, email him, and say, come play for Alabama. So tell me this. When do you think they're going to put a poaching rule into effect in college? Because they don't have to. This, I don't what know. What you're saying makes perfect sense. Because I don't know. The minute, Because the minute a coach, another player, an assistant coach, whatever – a cheerleader finger. If anybody pissed me off and I'm a star player, yeah. like you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm jumping in the portal. And, and that's, that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. You think about it. it it's, it's happening. It's yeah, happening. Coach, I'm not like getting that. enough PT. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting. I'm not getting enough PT. Or I feel des- I feel uh, disrespected by you on such and such day. You know what? Yeah. Don't even worry about it. I'm hopping in the portal. I ain't got time for Coach uh, Coach Prime. He he don't respect me like he respects yeah. other players. I'm hopping in the portal. You know he promised he promised me this and that. I'm hopping in a portal and it happened, you know. Yeah. So, and then you gotta think about it. You got young adults out here. Hell, I can't even really call them that, you know. They they really kids out here making grown up decisions and just jumping no, around no, no, no. in the portal. But think about it too. You got kids out here trying to find loopholes to stay in college for another year. And, and, and then that's and then, another problem. And you then got, another crazy part about that is. A lot of these kids make more money than they would on a rookie contract in the NFL. Yeah. So why would I sit there and go out there and play against grown men who don't have nothing to play for but their paycheck when I can easily just sit and make a easy paycheck playing in college and I'm right. already bigger, faster, and stronger exactly. than Exactly. And then like that kind of feeds into uh UT quarterback, uh Quinn Quinn Ewers. Oh, he came back. He came back. He already knew what was up. Because he didn't look too good in that college football playoff game against Washington. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, he can and, redeem himself now. Yeah, he can redeem himself if he get the opportunity to. Because he got Arch Manning sitting right there. And Arch Manning is going to make so much more money. So much more money than Quinn Ewers. Man, what you mean like so much more? I and thought, I, I thought, wait a minute, I thought um, Arch was only making like two, three million. Now, but... If they could start him and everybody was already primed and ready for Arch Manning to, to come play yeah. for UT this year, upcoming season, more nah, money. They can't do that because the other the other quarterback they put in was better than Arch, they said. Bro, Arch Manning was up next. He was up next. Oh, so you saying he gonna be up regardless. Yeah, he's up next. So you think so you think Arch will jump in the portal? It's possible. I don't know. I don't know to say he'll jump in the portal this year, but I'll be honest. I think Arch Manning is going to stay at UT. He's going to yeah. finish his college career there. But what I'm saying is, if Quinn Ewers going to do right next season, oh, he's his first. Benched. Hey, look, people. His first fuck up, he's getting benched, and Arch Manning is going to take that reigning position, and he's never going to give it back. 
Ooh. He's never going to give it back. Ooh. But I, at the same time, he might be right. at the same time, for I Quinn like Ewers. I like Quinn Ewers. I think he's good. At the same time, for him, this is an opportunity for him to go make more money. Well, if that was the case, he would. He probably should have jumped in the portal then. Because there's a lot of schools you know, that would have took him. You know, because he could have made more money at another school. I thought about that too. And if I was him, I probably would hop in the portal, especially if I know I'm not going to the draft because of that Arch Manning monkey on my back. But that also could be a chip to make him do better. True. Because honestly, what school could he go to to actually have the same prestige that he had in Texas? Because the only other options, honestly, would be Ohio State, Michigan. There's no... There's nowhere else in Texas he can really go. I no, mean, not at all. Cause not, it's, not, because not it's, a, it's a step. Because it's a step back. He yeah. gonna start right away. But the fact is, he's not really making a vast improvement as far yeah. as like. And, and I'm gonna be honest, bro. Like even just looking at like the the landscape of college football and the quarterbacks that's moving around, I honestly don't really see Quinn Ewers jumping in front of the, none of those quarterbacks at these top schools right now. No. So. And that, and that's so that makes me wonder, is Quinn really average? I think he's average. I, I believe because because think about it, think about it. I actually don't get me wrong. I actually like Quinn Ewers, but I feel like if he jumped in the portal and was like, "Hey, I want to go to," I'm just throw something out there. I want to go to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Could he start over Georgia's quarterback that's there right now? I don't. I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't think like, so. Like if he said, "Like, hey." I want to go to USC. I want to play under Lincoln Riley. Could he start right away? I don't think so. That's crazy. No, so, I don't think so. Because even I looked at USC because, you know, Caleb Williams didn't play in that, in that bowl game. And that, that freshman dude they had that came in looks awesome. And, and that's what I'm saying. So, like, that's why I said Quinn Ewers, I just, I don't see it, bro. And honestly, I think if he went to the draft, he was going to be a late pick. So oh, therefore, I, I, I him coming back to college, him coming back to college, I think he is going to make more money in college versus going to the pro. Yeah, because he's on, because I feel like with Quentin, he got to be on the right team to actually let him sit on the bench for a little while, maybe for like a year or two. Same thing with like Jordan Love, mm-hmm. you let him sit on the bench for a couple of years, let him learn behind a professional, and then just see what he got. Yeah. So. Let's uh, hop into the college football um, new format real quick before we transition. Um, this 12 playoff format allows more teams, of course, to get into the into the uh, playoff, you know, and to fight for the championship. But it also allows group of five teams, at least I would say one group of five team. And we're just looking at uh, this, this year's uh, top teams. So the top 12 teams, if we did the top 12 teams, you know, the, the first, I think the first six teams or whatever, they got a, a, a actual bid to be in. The first four teams, I believe, have a bye week or something like that. Um, really? Yeah. But the thing is, with this playoff system is that after they do the conference championships, they just hop right into the, the football playoff. So you don't got to worry about uh, teams taking a whole month off of, you know, the bowl games and then college football rolling around and then some teams is ice cold, some teams is hot and, and whatnot. Now everybody is just right into it. So I think you get a better product out of the teams, but also you get more games played by each player um, throughout the season now. 
So, so hold on. Because you don't normally... So, normally bowl games start like mid-December. Yeah. So, now, as soon as the season goes with, after they have, like, you know, the the Big 12 Championship, the SEC Championship, things go straight into the playoffs. Excuse me. Yeah. So, the, the, the first round will actually start, like, December 21st. So, that's, like, right after the conference championship. You know, that next week, we got to get right into it. Who's going to be playing and stuff like that. Um, so, if we just looked at the, the top 12 teams for college football this year, you would have had a matchup like this um, going into the first round. You would have had Liberty versus Florida State. Okay. Ole Miss at Georgia. That's ugly. Penn State at Ohio State. That's good. Missouri at Oregon. So That's some good matchups. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna well, really, except for that except for that Ole Miss Georgia, we already know how it's gonna end up. Well, I mean, you don't know because Ole Miss was a pretty good team, you know. Now looking at how Georgia been playing, I agree. You know, I think Georgia probably would have came out on top. I don't know if it would have been a blowout though, but yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been like Georgia and Florida State. It wouldn't have been like that. Yeah. So yeah, like I was saying, the top four seeded teams they get the bye weeks, and then they get to kind of pick like where they want to play at. Uh, being a top team, and that, that's how it kind of it's kind of set up, and then you roll into the quarterfinals and stuff like that, and basically you just you know you drop you you get down until you you got those those two remaining teams pretty much, but twelve teams is a whole lot better than four teams because uh what the last what seven or eight years that we've been watching this four team playoff format, there's always been at least like a team or two that's been left out that definitely could have made a run. And now, I feel like this 12-team format, if it's done correctly, uh, will definitely allow for teams that really deserve to be in there to be into the playoff, especially at least one group of five team, I think, should always get in there because that's been my problem. Like, it's, like we look at uh, UCF that one year, you know, they had went undefeated. But they didn't have a shot at the uh, the fourteen playoff format. They left them out. So UCF they won their bowl game, which is like the Peach Bowl or whatever the New Year's Six Bowl was, and then they called themselves the national champions. Okay. So let me. So help me out here. So if this is the new format or whatever, you know, what does this do as far as like the selection committee and as far as like the other bowls that you know take place? Um. Does this help college? get more money from the extra bowls or does this only just or like do people get to bid on like you know like can my can this like what I'm, what I'm trying to say is like you know cotton sugar fiesta you know those are the major bowls uh -huh. so but can like a bowl like the the outback bowl can they bid and, and, be, give, and, and get be. one of these and get one of these bowls. You know like, that's a good question, bro. Like uh, the eight or nine or the five and twelve, can they actually bid, or it's always just gonna be cotton bowl, orange bowl, sugar bowl, fiesta bowl, peach, and uh, that's it. You know that's a good question because like right now we're looking at this format. This show for twenty twenty four and twenty five, and like the first round is the first round, and, I, and I'm guessing that's gonna be whatever bowls that's probably bidded for the first round, mm -hmm. and then. After that, you got the quarterfinals, and like you seen, twenty four is the Fiesta Bowl, but twenty five is the Cotton Bowl for the quarterfinals. So they just kind of rotating the same bowl. And, and I feel like they should rotate all the bowls. I don't care if it's the Pop Tart Bowl, the Tax Slayer Bowl, whatever. Well, I feel like all the bowls should be able to rotate in because but, you you get more schools. So that means 
every bowl should have an opportunity to put their bid in to try to get some of that recognition too. Yeah, but see, you know, for a, a, another bowl like the Tax Slayer Bowl to roll in there, they got to put up Peach Bowl, Fiesta kind of bowl kind of money though. They got to have the people backing that, that bowl to be a big bowl. Man, I, I feel like like we live in Houston. You don't think Mattress Mac can put up money for the gallery furniture bowl to be in there? Bro, he, he putting up money, but... But you don't feel like he putting up that kind of money. He ain't putting up enough money. He He's not. So I, mean, like, I wonder how much these people bid on these bowls. I don't know. So these like $100 you know, million dollar bowls or something? I don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't think it was $100 million, but... I mean, you never know. We, we have to actually make a... We, we can do an episode on that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Break down. Because that's a... Cause I, I just want to figure that out. Because I already know 13 through 25 or 13 through 26, as you know, you got to have an even amount of, uh, you know, teams. Those are still bowls that's going on, too. Yeah. So, it's like, why can't those bowls ever get a chance to, like, you know, well, hey, let's put our bid in so, you know, so we can host, like, the first round or... Maybe, you know, the quarterfinals well, or something. I think at this point, the only thing you're going to really be able to put your bid in on is the national championship. And that's the only thing that's uh, reoccurringly, you know, changing location. Like, it's going to Atlanta in 24, then it's going to Miami, and then who knows where it's going in 26 or whatever the case may be. Gotcha. But other than that, Peach Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowl, we those know, bowls is always going to rotate. Bowls. Yeah, we know those are major bowls no matter yeah. what. Alright, so to transition to NFL, let's do a little recap. You know, the last season of the NFL season, closing out. Um, one of the most notable games we got to talk about is the Ravens and Steelers game. Um, the Lamarless Ravens. But why was it notable? Because the Ravens had absolutely nothing to play for. Well, but well still, it, it did get the Steelers in. It, it was everything for the Steelers, though. And I just want to talk about this game because... We, we kept on talking about all the speculation about Mike Tomlin losing his job, you know. I, I did. I, I'm not going to lie. I did feel like he had lost the locker room, and I felt like he needed a change of scenery. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I I'll did say honest. that. I don't think Mike Tomlin will ever lose a locker room. He, he's just that kind of coach. He's a player's kind of coach, uh, a damn good coach. He's been doing it for, what, two decades? Or, yeah, man. Well, he, or close well, to. He's, yeah, he's had... He's had a winning season with 17, 18 years now, but he's been coaching for 20. Yeah, so the, the point I'm making is that even if they had went 9-8, and eight, Mike Tomlin was still going to be there, and nothing was going to change. 10-7 gets the Steelers into the playoffs. Um, they might not be the highest seed, but they're in the playoffs once again with a, a, a team with Mason Rudolph as they, they quarterback. Like, and he, he Kenny Pickett was another starting quarterback. Like, he don't even have a good quarterback, but he, hey, he still know, coached Mason him Rudolph, up. Mason Rudolph is actually the most sound QB on their roster. And the reason why I say that, I'm not talking about arm strength. I'm not talking about intangibles. I'm just talking about the person who makes the smartest decisions with the football. He, think about it. Mitchell Trubisky, interception prone. Kenny Pickett. Bad decision maker. He gonna try to force the ball in the window that he know he can't throw him into. At least Mason Rudolph gonna put the ball in Najee Harris' hands wow. and make the correct throws when wow. necessary. Hand the ball off. I could do that. Shit. <laughs> hey, I thought Pete, Kenny Pickett could do, do that too. And guess what? He couldn't. He couldn't. He can. He just nah, not. He's nah. just not healthy. That man has six touchdowns in twelve games. 
Okay. But, you know, six to, I'm going to be honest. Like, all right, regardless, bro, of any of these quarterbacks they have, they need a new quarterback. They need to go get them another quarterback. Um, they probably need to make a trade into the top five. Or, you know, a quarterback might fall to them, but Pittsburgh needs to go draft a quarterback. Or do you think they should trade for Justin Fields since we know they're going to draft Caleb Williams? I like that. I like Fields in a uh, Pittsburgh uniform. I can see it. I can also see Mike Tomlin uh, definitely dedicating that, that offense to build around Fields and him being successful in that offense. I like it. That is true because they got to get – are they still getting a new offense coordinator or are they just promoted within? Uh, I know they, they need a new OC. They haven't really, you know, stated what's going to happen as far as I know. But they're they going to have to feel it somehow. Rather yeah, that is true. But I don't think they're going to promote within. Just looking at how the offense was. And, yeah, because that, that Matt Canada situation <laughs> was terrible. Yeah. And uh, another notable game that happened, you know, the pre I mean previous week was the Texans and Colts. Texans yeah, prevailed 23-19. Um, C.J. Stroud made it all happen in the end. But also, the Colts fumbled the bag. Um, running back dropped the pass. And that could have been a, a a score, you know, possibly if he caught the ball. Or it could have been a stop. We don't know. But if I was the coach and I'm lining up at the uh, in the uh, red zone and I just need a yard and Jonathan Taylor got 30 carries for 188 yards, bro. Why are you not giving him the ball? Exactly. You got to hand it off to Taylor. And even, in, I mean, to be honest, bro, everybody in the, in the stadium expected the coach to run the ball. We knew they was going to run the ball. The Texans knew they was going to run the ball. The Colts knew they was going to run the ball. But that's but yeah. why, honestly, the play design actually wasn't bad when you think about no, it. No, the, the play Because was... everybody, everybody knew they was going to run the ball. Uh-huh. So, okay, I'm going to hit him with a little play action, do this little screen. He just fucking dropped. Yeah, it's I mean, all they have to do is execute the play. And honestly, let's not put it all on the running back because it was yeah, really, Gar- no, it was Gar- really Gar- um. Gardner threw a flat ass ball. Yeah, he threw that ball. He threw a flat. ball that was flat and behind the, the running back, and he had to reach back and try to go get it, and he fumbled the bag. Because even if he would have caught it, he would have tripped up. He would have tripped and been short anyway. Yeah, he. It was no way he could. Re- he probably could have gathered himself. And then get- you know, I was also thinking if he had probably caught that ball. It, it's, a, it's a chance that somebody could have been there to, to knock his oh, somebody, lights out. Somebody anyway. was right there because the corner was coming straight at him. And then another thing about that play, I mean, it's kind of bad on the Texans, but it was man coverage. So somebody on the Texans should have been like right up in his grill anyway. You know what I'm saying? They probably would have got the first down, but I don't know if they would have got six. And honestly, if I was the Texans, I would have let the coach score right there and then took my chances with Stroud. Going down the field and scoring to uh, beat the uh, Colts in, yes. the, in that last I mean, it minute. Was a field goal anyway. It wouldn't have really mattered, even because I think it was twenty three sixteen, right? And if they would have got, they you already knew the Colts weren't going for two. No, it was twenty. It was twenty three to nineteen. Oh, tw- oh, was, oh, that was twenty three nineteen, and he just yeah. dropped it. Yeah, he see, I'm thinking it was twenty three sixteen. They just kicked the field goal, tried to do an onside kick, and just nah. blew it. Okay, so you know, I, I still like the, the Texans possibly having a chance in the end, but. Knowing the Colts, the way they was moving the ball, because they had six minutes to score. Uh, the Colts was going to try to run, 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 until there was no more time on the clock, and they was going to try to get Taylor into the end zone. And, and that was a real game plan, but it came down to that fourth down, and they had to come up with something that they could execute. But luckily, 
the running back dropped the ball, end of the game, Texans go to the playoffs, coach sit at home. And so does the Jags because the Jags lost against the Titans. Uh, no, <laughs> like, why you had to even bring that up, bro? That was that was uncalled for, bro. That was uncalled for. You didn't even have to do that. Hey, I gave you a little raggedy-ass team and they props, bro. You never have to bring uh, that up, so they raggedy, okay. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have to bring right. that up, bro. Y'all Look, won, won, a deep, won a division of default, bro. Overall, you know, the Jags, they had several opportunities in that Titans game. Uh, bro, we had several <laughs> opportunities all season, bro. We was 8-3, and three, and then we went 1-5 in the last few games. Well, some of that's probably because Trevor Lawrence was hurt. He know. was hurt one game. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. And the one game he was hurt, they won. So what are you saying? So what, what you think it is, bro? Y'all, y'all didn't, y'all didn't got you, rid of everybody you, on the defensive I'm, side. That's the all problem. The we don't have no defense. But y'all got the all defense? these defensive players. No, we don't. Like, like, <laughs> like no, come we on, don't. bro. Like, you keep saying we got all these defensive players. Look, all we got is. Josh Allen and uh, Trevon, uh, what's his name? The one they drafted last Trevon year. Trevon Walker. Trevon Walker, that's it. That's it. Like, Tyson didn't show up. Um, the other little running, Cisco, the other running cornerback didn't show up. Like, the secondary is trash. We don't really have no type of linebacker play. Like, we need to get rid of all of them. We need something more in the trenches. All right. We need somebody on the other side to so, compliment Josh I'm Allen. I'm going to tell you who you are. And then the crazy part about it is, I don't even know if we're going to have Josh Allen next year. I think he's going to walk. Nah, they're going to pay him. They're going to pay him, bro. He'll be bad. But I'm going to tell you where y'all at right now. Y'all in the position that the Texans was in when Bill O'Brien was kind of on the hot seat and then he just fired everybody yeah. and he tried to bring a new staff in. Y'all in that, y'all in that position right now. Like the Texans, and then the Titans. The Titans is is actually in the Texan rebuild right now because they just fired Mike Vrabel with with no real excuse as to why. Mike Vrabel, where he's been there with seven seasons, uh, four of them been winning. They didn't went to the AFC Championship. I know at least once, maybe twice. Um, but they've been a winning franchise for the most part. They was dominating the division. With Derrick Henry. You and know. the sad part about that is they knew it was like a transition season. So there yeah. was no point in firing. And, and, and to be honest, bro, last year really should have been a transition season. But you can't blame all this on Vrabel. He's only the coach. He's not the GM. You know, he's not bringing the, the players in. They had got rid of Traylon Burks. You know but you know, they fired the GM last yeah, year. Yeah, they, they fired. Because of, that, because of the A.J. Brown trade. They fired Yeah, him. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, A.J. Brown, not Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is the rookie. Receiver they brought in, yeah, which is supposed he, to replace AJ and Brown. And he already looking like a bust, so it's like. And yeah. then, then you went and got DeAndre Hopkins, but you really ain't got no true quarterback. I mean, no, we, we don't know about Will Levis here. I mean, yeah, we but but Will Levis ain't. And you know they didn't give Malik Willis a chance. Malik Willis ain't the answer. That's why. And uh, Tannehill, Tannehill has old. yeah, he's he's old. He's lost a step. So at this point, Tannehill's out the door. Derrick Henry already gave his uh, resignation yeah, speech. You know, bye, thank you. This is the, the greatest uh, six or seven years of, of my football career, life, whatever. You know, chunk deuces. Yeah. So at this point, you already know it's time to rebuild. Yeah. Does that mean that it's time to fire Vrabel? I say no. They won, what, six games? Yeah, they won six, six games. games. And they beat they beat a good Dolphins team. I feel like that was good to add to the resume. They stopped you know, the Jaguars from going to the playoffs. They did. That's a, that's another thing that you know he had a lot of highlights this season. Will Levis had a couple of good games. 
Ryan Tannehill when he when uh Will Lewis got filled in nicely. They got, you know what I'm saying, the ball rolling. Derrick Henry always gonna be Derrick Henry. Yeah. So it's like so, you had a couple of highlights, look. but you did have a lot of pitfalls too. And I guess they trying to say that because the defense mainly falls on him. No, nah, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you why they fired Mike Brable. This might sound crazy. They fired him because uh, Amy Adams Strunk. Yeah, the owner. She decided to put the Titans in the old Houston uniforms. Okay. Go out there in those Houston oil of blue, you know, love your blue colors. Okay. And they lost to the Houston Texans. Then, you know, it was a close game. But then they had a rematch two weeks later. Went, went to Houston. Tried to do it all over again. And they got destroyed by the Houston Texans. And at that point, I feel like she was salty because, you know, they, they put on that, that, that love you blue. They lost to the Texans. And then they got destroyed by the Texans. And, you know, she just loved keeping, you know, all that, that Houston heritage out there in Nashville. They, they love to claim that they, they Houston, but they ain't Houston. They just give, hey, all hey. The, give us all that stuff back. And guess what? They went out there and they looked like the Oilers. And they got their ass beat like the hey, Oilers. You know what? That is crazy though. Like, you know you don't need none of that stuff. Oh, and then I'm going to tell you another thing. Not only did they lose in the Oilers blue, but they lost to Case Keenum. A backup, third string quarterback on the Texans roster. And they lost to him in overtime. And I just think all that, man, I think all that culminates until why Verbal got fired, to be honest. But overall, Vrabel is a leader of men. To me, he's a damn good coach. Uh, and he's going to find another job. But honestly, before they, before New England hired Jared Mayo, yeah. I actually thought he was going to the Patriots. That's what I thought too. I so when that. I seen the news today that he was hired, I mean that uh, Jared Mayo was hired, so that was just a, a rise up in the organization because he was already with D.C. over there or something like that. Yeah, he was like a linebacker coach or something. So, defense coordinator something. That so, with that being said, we know where the, the Patriots organization is going. It's still sticking to the Patriots way. Either way, it was going to stick that way, whether it was yeah, or, or Mayo. But now they got Mayo, which is a black coach, which is the youngest black coach in, in the NFL. Oh, that is now, what, six, I believe, six NFL head coaches that are black in the NFL running the organization. That's good. That's good. Uh, so that's a good thing. And also... Uh, I guess the question is, where does Vrabel go? You know, uh, we, we look at those open uh, organizations. We've got Carolina, the Chargers, but you say you think no, Jim no, Harbaugh. That's that Jim Harbaugh's job. Don't give <laughs> that to nobody. You think Jim Harbaugh going to the Chargers? Bro, he got everything, bro. He got a quarterback. He got a defense. All he got to do is come in there and just whisper Justin Herbert in. You can do it. That's it. <laughs> all that's right. All so we're going we to see about that. And then we got Atlanta. That's a, that's a shitty job. Um, that's a shitty job. I said a Carolina already. Um, Washington. Washington. That's a shitty job. And let's see who else. Who else? It's it's it's, it's about seven open positions. It is. Yeah. Well, Raiders. oh Seattle. Seattle. Seattle yeah. and the Raiders, but the Raiders is probably gonna. I think they they need they need, they to, need to keep stick to Antonio. They, yeah, uh, they, Antonio Pierce. They need to stick yeah. with him. And then I feel like. A lot of people say I'm crazy for saying this, but I feel like the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys finna take that Seattle job. 
Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. I, I think Dan Quinn gonna take yeah, that job. Yeah, I can see that because they've been talking about that a lot. They because you know so, he, he was already defense coordinator over there. So here's the interesting part. Uh, going back to the Texans, you know, uh, they've been talking about Bobby Slowick been in a lot of these interviews. Now they uh, say he has been the top candidate for um, what job was that? Carolina or something? Yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was Carolina. No, it, I think it was Carolina and Atlanta. Because another thing is Washington, they hired. Somebody to be in their GM department or whatever from the 49ers. So, yeah, so they, that's they, another they extension of that Shanahan, you know, uh, tree. So that could be a, a, a doorway for Bobby Slowick to go into. Bobby Slowick not but, going nowhere. Bro. But I'm going to be honest. Yeah, Slowick, I think he needs to stay at least one or two more seasons. Two, I feel like he needs to stay because two more he, he Because right now, don't get me wrong, and we both know this. I can admit it, and I'm not even, you know, a Texas fan. We know C.J. Stroud is going to be a superstar. But you want to see him reach his full potential before you leave it. We have to switch over systems. Mm-hmm. Because you can see that's the main reason why I feel Eric Bieniemy stayed as long as he did with Patrick Mahomes. Like, once I once you reach a certain level that I know for a fact that you already at the height, then I can go ahead and just progress on. It's not about like, oh, I'm trying to be a head coach and all that hey, stuff. I want you to reach your Hey, look, hear this out. I just thought on. about something. I just thought about something. Just down. Airbnb enemy was the OC at Washington. And he's unemployed now. Is he? They didn't. Did they say they fired him too? You already know when they get a new coach. But look, they, but all look, that look, shit getting cleaned up. All right, look, look, listen to this. How many times has he been up to for a head coaching position and they didn't select him? But... Now they got some different people over in Washington. Uh, oh, you think Magic Johnson gonna talk to Josh Harris to get him hired? That's a possibility. What do you think about Bienemy as the head coach in DC? I don't know because they offense is shitty as hell. But but Was they it? are getting a quarterback this year. You don't think they gonna stick with Sam Howell? Hell no. They got the number two overall pick. They Drake, they just won the Drake May sweepstakes, or Caleb Williams, uh, depending on how Chicago. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I don't really see a quarterback really helping Washington because Sam Howell, he really wasn't a bad rookie QB. He was just under pressure a lot, bro. So you, so you feel like they need an offensive line? I mean, yeah, they need offensive line help, but also, but you need a some of franchise. some of it is how holding the ball too long. But also, you look at, I mean. He got the targets. He he got the receiver. He got uh, he got yeah. He most definitely got the targets, bro. See, see, look. That's how you know the commanders need a face of the franchise. He couldn't even say Terry McLaurin. He couldn't <laughs> even say the man's name. Well, he don't even know none of the people's names. Yes, I do, bro. <laughs> you, he didn't even know Scary Terry. <laughs> name, man. man, Terry McLaurin, and then you got uh the other young young cat uh. <laughs> Bro, the dude that plays slot, bro. Anyway, bro, they got bro. They, all right, anyway. Are you talking about Dotson? Yeah, Dotson. <laughs> Johan Dotson. Johan Dotson. See, look, he know him after I called him out. Right. But look, nobody knows the commanders. I, I ain't gonna lie to you. Outside of Deron but, Payne on defense. Now, the defense. I don't know see, nobody. But no see, that's what I'm saying. They like, traded everybody This away. is what I, I also want to get into. They set, they set Riverboat run up for failure, bro. They they traded the two top pass rushers they had on the team away, and then you expect him to go out there and win. You already set him up to lose. 
You already set him up to lose, bro. How do you expect to win if you trade both of my my two top pass rushers away? The two top dogs on the defense. Let me hey, let me make you laugh though. So they traded Montez Sweat away, and he led the Commanders in sacks before they traded him with six. Mm-hmm. He went to the Bears, and he wound up finishing leading the Bears in sacks. With six, so he's the first player in NFL history to to lead two different teams in the same season. That's crazy. He's with the most amount. That's of crazy. <laughs> and then look, you look at how they they shipped uh Chase Young Chase Young out to the 49ers, and he's having a good season. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like you you traded it. your two top players on your defense, really probably your two top players on your team. Period. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And, and you got what like a. Third or fourth round pick or some some bullshit. They got some trash. They got some trash. Got some trash. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like the defense is, is really what they need to work on. The DBs, the DBs are okay, except that one dude that they got uh You're talking about that rookie. Yeah, the rookie. Like, I, the I, rookie I, DB. But yeah. you gotta realize too, I feel like whatever system that they run is probably just not for Not him. for him. I mean I, that, I that's, that's a possibility. What it is. Because I mean, he probably he probably in college. He probably wasn't used to man cover. He probably used to zone or something. Or mm-hmm. so because I, because remember remember um, what you call it went through that last year the uh, the cornerback for the Texans and because he couldn't do what Lovey Smith was as far as like that zone yeah. he was more of a man cover. But you know Lovey Smith that Tampa too that shit so outdated. So we already knew that wasn't gonna work. Yeah. And I mean, not, it, it, it helped some of the players. It made them some of them look better, but yeah. But, it, but I feel like it only helps your front seven. It's it's hard on secondary because you don't really have no no true structure. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, so I mean, Washington, bro, they 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 in a bad position, like you said. Um, Atlanta, I think they're right there, but they're a quarterback away and a head coach. I feel like now, honestly, now let me tell you something. Now I can see Eric the enemy going there. No, nah, I don't see it. I can see that. Let me tell you why. Because the defense is already kind of set. They're not. They're not bad on defense. They ain't great, but they're not bad on defense. You already got two stud running backs. You got Drake London. You got, you got then you got Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, and you got the other tight end too. Uh, oh, the one they just drafted again, huh? They drafted another one for some odd I don't think, No, I don't think they drafted him. I don't think he's a veteran. Oh, yeah, a veteran? Okay. Yeah. But you really, honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, with Desmond Ritter. I just feel like Arthur Smith just so run heavy mm-hmm. that it just, it just really just took away from the actual game itself. And then when they down by a certain amount, he just want to just throw the ball like crazy. Like it's not it's not feasible. Okay, so we don't know where everybody's going as far as like coaches and stuff like that. True. We, you know, we made some guesses. But the one last position I wanna talk about, who can step into Carolina and really help transition that that organization? And to going, you know, into the right direction. I ain't gonna lie to you. They probably need a new owner, bro. Man, they just got their owner. Yeah, but Dan Tepper has turned out to look like another Dan Schneider. They might well just let that go. So, yeah. And and I'm not saying maybe maybe Dan Tepper might not be, but 
I feel like I'm gonna tell you some real stuff. Any owner that's too hands on is yeah. always a problem, and he's too hands on. Well, like you need to hire the right people and let them facilitate. Don't try to buddy in and oh, you, I need you need to do it this way. That's why Al Davis didn't succeed after the seventies. That's why, if you really think about it, Cowboys been struggling. That's why Jerry Jones really struggled because once he got into it with Jimmy Johnson. You already know. You two hands on, my guy. Yeah, and, and any coach that come in there, they, they never really had the opportunity to really, you know, make that team into their image because Jerry Jones want to have so many hands in each pot on who, who they going to draft, who they going to sign, yeah, and, then you and all that kind GM of stuff. And all so, that kind of stuff. Like, that's unnecessary. That's why I'm so glad that Shad Khan finally realized that I don't know shit about football. Let me just shut up and move out the way. Yeah. Same thing with Kyle McNair. Hey, once he got rid of Jack Easterby and he realized, like, hey, I don't need to be in here. That's what I hired Nick Casario for. Mm-hmm. Let him do his job. Let him. I'm going to meet with the people to see if that's the right fit. But at the end of the day, it's your decision, not mine. Man, I also think it, it took him a while to actually listen to some of the former players and have an understanding like Easterby is messing up the program. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's really tearing down his organization from what we formerly built in the past. You know, Texans organization was a, a, a great organization. You know, might not have won the biggest game yet, but it was still a great organization that people like to be a part of. because yeah, Bob McNair stayed out the fucking way. And Easterby came in there and Bill O'Brien, and they just tore it down, you know, just tore it all the way down. So now they, they have started to build it back up. It's pickle time, people. Let's go. And that right there just runs us right into the playoffs, people. Because we got the Texans and Browns. 3.30. Hey, uh, what time is it? 2.09 right now on Friday. We got about 25 hours, bro, to go. For the Texans to get it on with the Browns at NRG Stadium. And C.J. Stroud walks in as a rookie quarterback. 23 TDs, 5 interceptions, 4,100 yards. Uh, decorated like that. And we're we talking about Devin Singletary. What he going to do? Nico Collins, 1,200 yards receiving. Uh, coming off a big game against the Colts. And we got the Browns at home again. Getting a rematch, you know. Uh, looking at the last game, the Browns destroyed the Texans with Case Keenum as a starting quarterback. The the, the pass rush was just all over Keenum. He su- they suffocated him. Davis Mills came in. He, he kind of made some resurgence. Some of it was garbage time. Some of it wasn't. Uh, but I think this C.J. Stroud-led Texans team definitely has a chance to knock off the Browns, especially with everybody at ESPN going against the Texans and taking the Browns by one and a half. Really? So, but they they do understand that CJ Stroud is playing in this game and not, you know, Case Keenum or, or Davis Mills. Yeah, they do know that, right? Yeah. And I feel like the defense wasn't the issue. I feel like honestly, D'Amico was gonna have an even better game plan than what he had last time. Oh yeah. I, and I feel like now that CJ Stroud is in there, Bobby Sloan can open up the offensive playbook too because mm-hmm. he could open it up with those limited arms he had. Now don't get me wrong, Davis Mills. Has an arm. I'm not. I'm not saying it, but he's a bad decision maker. 
No, the, the, the offense the offense and defense is going to look totally different. Number one reason is because the Texans have seen Cleveland already. And we've seen Cleveland probably at their highest. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about 350 yards passing from uh, Joe Flacco. Uh, um, what's the receiver? Uh, oh, uh, what do you mean? He had 265, right? Yeah, 265 yards from... Oh, uh, from, Monty Cooper. From, yeah, Cooper. But I, and, is he playing? Nah, I, yeah, he's he going to play. He, he had a heel injury. Yeah, he say rest. He he good. He he gonna play. So, um, we we talking about that. Kareem Hunt is also gonna play too for him. So they rushing game might look a little bit better against us. But overall, I mean, we talking about a different team because the Texans gonna have some players back as well on the defensive side of the ball that didn't play, and just the offense is gonna look totally different because now we really can hit those players deep on on some of them routes. We ain't going to be playing that short screen game that came out playing against uh, Cleveland where they were just trying to, you know, dibble and dabble and get get the ball off. This this offense is going to look totally different against Cleveland. But we, we're talking about the number 13 offense points per game in the Texans and 10 in Cleveland. So I expect some points to be scored in this game. But yeah. we also talking about the number one defense in the NFL in Cleveland Ooh. versus a middle, a middle of the pack defense and the Texans that rank 14th, which is not bad at all. Considering uh, like what they were last year, that's yeah. actually very good. And and uh, Cleveland is number 12 in running the ball in rushing yards. So we know they're going to try to make Kareem Hunt, you know, get some yards on the ground. But the Texans usually do pretty good against the run, with the exception of last week against the Colts. I mean, that that was a, a, a real big, uh, what, what do you want to call it, um, exclamation point, I guess you want to say. That, that really stood out against the Texans. Um, but I expect the Texans to play much better against the uh, the Cleveland Browns, especially since we've recently seen them. It ain't like we've seen them in the beginning of the season. You know, we just seen them uh, less than a month ago. So this Cleveland team is still the same team we just seen a month ago. You know, yeah. this, this Texan team is going to be a different team because they ain't seen C.J. Stroud. they seen him on film, but they haven't seen him in person. So that's going to be different. We talking about the number seven uh, uh, passing yard, you know, uh, right. team or whatever. Number seven in passing yards in the NFL and the Texans versus number nineteen. And we also talking about a team that likes to turn the ball over in Cleveland because they're twenty fifth and they 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 do it a lot. And if you think about it, Joe Flacco had two interceptions against the Texans in that game that they that they beat us by. I mean, beat us in, but the Texans just wasn't able to, uh, you know get points off of those turnovers. So, with C.J. Stroud being in, I think the Texans going to make them pay. Joe Flacco going to make some more mistakes because that's what they've been doing all season at the highest of the game, you know, as the highest in the NFL, whatever you want to say. So, I see the Texans winning this game, but also, I'm going to be honest, just as, you know, not as a fan, uh, being unbiased, I actually see Cleveland taking this uh this, this dub from the Texans. Um... If I was to throw a prediction out there, man, I'd probably say like 24-17 Cleveland. Texans lose this game. Ooh. Uh, but, but you know, as a fan, people, woo! Hey, hey, I'm taking the Texans, baby. Uh, We're going to blow them out. 31-21. But you know what? As crazy as this may sound, as crazy as this may sound, I'm actually riding with the Texans on this one. Only because of home field advantage. The Browns defense has not seen C.J. Stroud, and I'm a fi- and honestly, 
I'm gonna tell you who else is gonna have the biggest game. Like I know Nico Collins, he gonna get his hundred yards, but I think this is a game where Dalton Schultz has more of a bigger break. Because remember, mm-hmm. when C.J. Stroud plays, he has great games. You know, he's not he's not limited to just blocking. Well, I'm gonna say this. I think Dalton Schultz is gonna have to do a he lot gonna, of. He gonna have a good game. I feel I, like he gonna hit him. I feel like he gonna have at least. <coughs> excuse me. He gonna have at least seventy five to eighty yards. I don't think so. I think he probably have about 35, 40 yards receiving. They gonna need to use him in blocking situations because of Miles Garrett. So they definitely gonna need Dalton Schultz in helping. But I will tell you this: the the tight end that's gonna stand out in this game is uh Brevin Joy. I think he's gonna be able to get a lot of receptions in this game. Because if they go out there with two tight end sets and they, uh, you know, load it up for heavy, uh, heavy sets against uh, Cleveland and they need that extra blocking, I think Brevin Jordan could easily get open. He's a little faster than uh, Schultz, you know. But I feel like he's the better blocker than Schultz too, though. And I feel like he can no. chip. I feel like he can chip Miles Garrett, but I know that's gonna be a little bit harder. But I feel like he would be better off on the chip and then just you know get mm-hmm. that free of Dalton Schultz to actually catch more passes. But yeah. I feel like he's gonna be more like dank and dunk to Dalton Schultz, like first down. It, here, it, it first might down be. Ball. It might be like that's yeah, why I feel third, like third down. Uh, and I feel situations. like that's how he's gonna rack up the yards. Yeah. I'm not saying like he's gonna be like oh like super impactful, but I feel like on them third and longs, that's gonna be the one getting the ball. Yeah. So let's just kind of like you know talk about what Cleveland can do because they they got uh, with Jacoby Ford. Um, he's been a pretty decent running back this year, and they got Kareem Hunt coming back. Um, Amari Cooper had a big game against the Texans. Joe Flacco, he's 13 for 8 on the season. Not great numbers, but uh, like I said, he, he, he can make some uh, some bad decisions. He, he's an older quarterback, and if we can get our pass rush on Joe Flacco and our DBs play pretty solid, I can see us getting some more picks in this game. And like I said, C.J. Stroud making them uh, pay. Also, people don't realize the Texans are one of the least uh, turnover-prone teams in the NFL. And with that being said, the Texans are going to take care of the ball. And Cleveland is one of the most prone turnover teams in the NFL, like I said. And us being at home, I think if the Texans play a clean game uh, and they ain't no, there ain't no bullshit home cooking. I, I mean, I hope it's home cooking for the Texans. Uh, but looking at that Colts game uh, last week, you know, it was a lot of home cooking for the Colts. So I'm hoping that we get the, the flip, we get to flip the script. Get a lot of penalties on Cleveland, false start stuff like that because of, of the noise. This game is going to be sold out. Houston fans, we, we haven't seen a playoff game since 2019. Uh, and it's at home. They keep on putting us in this bullshit 330 slot. They they keep you know coming at us with the disrespect. Hey, but y'all did get the primetime game on Saturday. Hey, but I, I say this is better than being on Peacock. You know what I'm saying? Peacock only. So, hey, I'm going to take it. Uh, like I said, man, uh, as a fan, bro, I'm riding with my Texans. I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to be repping my uh, HSC shirt. So, y'all see me. Um, hopefully, Texans get this dub, baby. All right. So, <laughs> moving on, man. Um, these other playoff games, though, we got the Dolphins and Chiefs on that Saturday night. Right. And this game is only on Peacock. So, if you ain't got Peacock, bro, you got to figure out how to bootleg it and, but the, and get it. But the fact that the game is going to be in negative nine degree weather. Yeah. Like, who the hell playing in that? Well, the Dolphins, uh, I mean, I, I feel bad for y'all. You know, coming from Miami. Yeah, that, uh, that's not. That's not it, it's, it's, it's not playing for y'all. You know what I'm saying? But. I like the Dolphins' chance at getting the upset. I know it was KC by four, 
But when I look at offensive talent, I know they keep talking about, you know, I'm going to tell you what's funny about this script on this uh, NFL season. From, I would say, week one to eight, we talked about how bad the Kansas City Chiefs defense was and uh, how they offense uh, receivers, you know, offensive receivers wasn't playing well. But now they talk about how good the defense is is, and the offense is struggling. You know, so I like Miami chances. They got the DBs to lock up their receivers that Miami really don't have. I think Bradley Chubb, he's not really healthy, huh? He hurt, he hurt so his knee. That, that's a, a plus for the Kansas City. So, but, you know, I, I don't know who they're going to throw on, on Kelsey, but Kelsey can't beat the whole Miami team. He can't. You know what I'm saying? And, like, who, who, who does Kansas City really got to cover Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle? Or any of those other dudes. Is Jalen Waddle playing? That's a good question too. You know, because he's been hurt too. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a damn good question. But I just think, man, two of forty six hundred yards, twenty nine TDs, fourteen interceptions, bro. I think he gonna top. Uh, I think he gonna top my homies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, if Moster if Moster plays, Miami might have a great chance of winning because you get you can run you can run Devin and you can run Moster. That's gonna be a Killer two-headed monster. Mm-hmm. You already know it ain't gonna be too much. It ain't gonna be too many deep balls that that wind gonna be blowing, and it's gonna that ball gonna be in yeah, the, the air. The wind chill is supposed to be ridiculous, and bro. And if it hanging, you know, if that ball hanging in the air too long, it's gonna be like a brick coming down. And, and if you look at both teams as far as like running backs, it's, I, it's coming down to the running. I, I think I think the Dolphins got the better running game. Patrick Mahomes will not be a major factor in this game because he can't. You can't throw the ball. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's be coming down to the run. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I'm I'm almost more interested in seeing this game than in actually seeing my own team play. And yeah. the only reason that I guess it's just the weather it's, conditions. It's, yes, well, I'm just interested in seeing how these teams like this is gonna be a top five coldest NFL game ever. No, they said this probably is the coldest game. Ever. So it's gonna pass the ice bowl. Yeah, because they said right now it's predicted the game gonna start. At negative two, two degrees, but they say by the time the, the fourth quarter hits, it's gonna be negative nine. Yeah, like that's and then the wind chill is supposed to be like negative forty or thirty. Yeah, or something. That, and like, the wind gonna be blowing anywhere from twenty to thirty miles an hour. Man, like you can't hey, you can't play in I, that, bro. I just I I just want to see how the fans going how they gonna hey, make it. Hey, <laughs> And they in Arrowhead, you know that raggedy ass state. That shit gonna be cold as hell. <laughs> so Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we got the Steelers and Bills. Mm, that shit. Um, Bills, Steelers. Um, I'm going Bills because you know, the Steelers don't have nothing. I no, know, no J, no, no TJ Watt. I'm good. I'm gonna be honest, bro. I'm gonna ride with the underdog on this. Just. I, I I like Mike Tomlin just to go in there and just so somehow. You ride with Mason Rudolph. Okay. Mason Rudolph and Najee Harris. It's gonna be snowing. It's twenty two degrees at the start of the uh, Bills game. And I like. I mean, man. I mean, Cook Cook been a pretty good running back for the for the Bills, but he only got two TDs. That's weird. How you got eleven hundred yards and two TDs, bro? On two hundred thirty seven carries. But then look at the quarterback though. Your boy got eighteen interceptions. That's why. That's why your boy throwing your boy trying to John, throw in the and, red look, zone. and see that's why I say I think the Steelers can win this game, bro. Some way, somehow. I know I know T.J. Watt ain't playing, 
You know, so that that's gonna hurt the Steelers. But Josh Allen has not been playing that great. Forty three hundred yards, twenty nine TDs, eight, eighteen interceptions, and we're talking about a guy that I always think he is the superhero on the field. He like to play hero ball. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what that could possibly lose him the game. I know Bills are favored by nine and a half, but this is the the right reason to take the underdog in this game. And I'm gonna ride with the Steelers. Okay. Okay, we'll see. We'll <laughs> so, see about that one. I don't know about that one. I mean, it's tough, bro. So Packers and Cowboys, three thirty. Oh, that's Sunday. a blowout. That's a blowout. It ain't no. It ain't gonna be no blowout. The Cowboys for the steamroll them, bro. They ain't gonna steamroll them, bro. bro. They ain't no at home. They playing in perfect weather. Like, come on, bro. They gonna win the game. They gonna win the game, but they not gonna steamroll the Packers. I just don't. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think. I think this is a legacy game. For uh, for uh, Jordan Love, for them, you know, to be passing the torch to him from Aaron Rodgers to Love now, getting into the playoffs. He did that when he made the playoffs. They ain't say nothing about winning a game. He not doing that. I ain't say he's gonna win. I think he's gonna play good. I think he's gonna play good. The game gonna be a lot closer than you expect. Well, believe it or not, he hasn't played bad all season. But I just feel like this is a hard mountain to climb right now. I can, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan. But the fact that, like, I, I hate to say it, bro. Dick, Dak Prescott is your MVP. Bro, I said that on the last episode. I was telling Trey that. I was like, man, you look at 4,500 yards, bro. 36 TDs, people. Uh, Nine interceptions. That's crazy. That's crazy numbers. And we talking about um, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he's having a good season. He did a little bit on the ground. He did did a little bit through the air, too. But... Dak, Dak Prescott actually, is the MVP. Dak actually deserved it, bro. Dak Prescott is the MVP. He went through a lot of little scrutiny, bro, just dealing with everything. Yeah. So hey, and then you know, uh, last season he was he was talking about uh, that he went throw more than ten interceptions. He threw nine. He, hey. So he told the truth, and he led the and he led the league in most hell, CD passes. CD Lamb got one hundred thirty five receptions, almost two thousand yards. You know. 1,700 yards, bro. And the person like, I thought was going to break 2,000 didn't even get close. Tyree Hill, I think they only like 50 yards apart. C.D. Lamb and Tyree Hill. Yeah, probably so. I mean, man, there's some receivers out there this year. You look at uh, Amon St. Brown, you know, 119, 1,500 yards too. But yeah. uh, the Rams and Lions, bro, I'm going to ride with the Lions at home. That's the game I want to see. Like, out of all the playoff games that's going on, yeah, I want to see the Rams and Lions, and I want to see – the Texans and Browns, because I want to see how C.J. Stroud handled the, like the, the the pressure. Uh-huh. Because really, if you think about it, if they can find a way to keep Miles Garrett at bay, they good. Yeah. Because that's, that's a real only issue. Yeah. Because I don't even know if Denzel Ward is going to play. So, even though he's been having so many up and down seasons, but that's besides the point. But the Lions and Rams is so much history because, number one, Jerry Goff, that's the team – they caught, tossed him aside. Yeah, tossed him aside. They Thinking think he, he was, wasn't going to yeah, right. amount to nothing. And now, look, now we played in a home game for the first time in 30 years, and I'm playing against my own team. Hey, my boyfriend will come out there slaying that team. I really, I really hope. I really boy hope. coming out there slaying that pill. I hope you're right, bro. I, I really I really do. I think Jared Goff should go out there slaying that pill, uh, be minimal on the turnovers, you know. Yeah, that's uh, my Detroit, that's my Detroit favorite at home by three points, and I'm going to ride with it. I like it, you know. Uh, that that run game that Detroit got, bro, with the two running back system is, is dangerous. 
Very and and St. Brown, and it's nobody in the NFL that really can cover him. It's definitely not nobody on that Rams squad that's going to slow him down. So I really like what the uh, the Lions can do in this game, so I'm riding Lions. Okay. I'm riding the same way because outside of Aaron Donald, they have they don't really have nothing on defense. Yeah. And then, so to finalize this, this uh, week uh, wild card playoffs, we got the Eagles and Buccaneers on Monday night. This should be an interesting game just for the fact of how the Eagles have wrapped up their season. They have not been looking yeah. good. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Hot. Yeah, Bucks coming in hot. Jalen Hurts looking like a bad quarterback right now. But you still got that squad over there with A.J. Brown, DeAndre Swift, uh, and the other receivers in that core. Can the Buccaneers slow that down? And the biggest question of them all, can Baker Mayfield go out there and play Decent enough turnovers at a minimum. But we, we, we talk look at his stats though. His stats actually look good this year. It is, but this is the playoffs now. Yeah, I know he got four thousand forty-four yards but passing. Twenty-eight hey, TDs. Is this his first? No, this is his second playoff game, right? I don't know. It might be his second. I know he went to it the playoffs. It might be like his second or third. I know he. I know he won. Yeah, he won. I mean, I he, think he won one before. Oh, so this is third. This is third. It's yeah. probably like his third, something like that. Man, so I don't know. It, it's gonna be got the defense, but can he get the ball to Mike Williams and and Godwin? That's the real. And I don't even know who they running back is. So it's like I don't want. I put it to you like this: I don't want to put the ball in Baker's hands. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I just need you to come out here, let our defense work, and you just manage. Todd Bowles, I think. I'm gonna be Bowles honest. Be on him. I think Baker Mayfield gonna do what he always do. You know. Wait a minute, which Baker though? Because when you say that, that's nah, going Baker, a lot of different overall, ways. Overall, bro, Baker is an okay quarterback. I, I don't expect him to go out there and be no, no, no knight in shining armor, and then for the Buccaneers, you know okay. what I'm saying? But I think he's gonna do what he have to do as far as getting the ball to the to the receivers. I don't think he's gonna go out there and uh, throw no bad passes and stuff like that. He's gonna make smart decisions. They just gonna have to execute against the Eagles. Uh, but this game being in Florida. And it's gonna be raining too. Nice little sixty-six degrees. I like I like uh, Tampa chances against the Eagles. And they, like I said, the Eagles ended the season flat. So this this little time period that they have between you know let, uh, the last game and this and this week's Monday night game, they gotta somehow flip the switch and get back on the right track. And if they ain't flipped the switch already, I just I just don't see it. I see Tampa prevailing and getting to the next round, and the Eagles going down. Look. Let me tell you something. If the Eagles lose this game to the Buccaneers, I would not be surprised if that puts Nick Sirianni on the hot seat. And I'm not and I'm not saying like he's getting fired after the game, but I'm saying that next season, he got a lot. He got a lot of stuff to correct. There's gonna be some questions because like Because you can't tell me your coordinators were that good to where as soon as they leave, you just take this down. But not only that, it's like what what really happened, you know. The Eagles was rolling, bro. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't win a game. Like, And I I want to say, I'll be honest, I just feel like something something happened with Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if they just figured something out or he hurt maybe or what. But Hurts is really like a big reason why they 11-6 they and six and they didn't win that division. Yeah. Because how can you go from 10-1 and one to 11-6? Like, that's, that's insane. And the last team that you beat was the was the old Giants. And then the Giants destroyed them uh, in the, the last week. 
Mm-hmm. So, it's like, man. And I think they barely beat the Giants, right? Yeah. So, that, that's a lot of question marks with the Eagles, bro. And like I said, I'm going to ride with the Buccaneers on that one. You know what I'm saying? Uh, last thing, people, we got to talk about before we close out this episode, we want to talk about the Houston Rockets. Yes, you know what I'm saying? We ain't talking about the Rockets in a little while. Uh, right now, the Rockets is 18 and 18. They 500. Um, they lost a couple close games. Rockets are still competitive. I, I would say that um, the, the two most important players that we're missing right now is Eason and uh, Dylan Brooks. Hopefully, we can get those, those two back soon because I think they are really part of uh, why the Rockets win games and, and know how to close out some of these teams. Because that's our defense. All our defense is just out the window. And, and you know, I I like uh, Jay Sean Tate, but Jay Sean don't do enough on the offensive end. Like, right. he's so lacking on that end. And, and for that reason, if I was to trade somebody right now, Tate is on the, on the list. Okay. Uh, I like what Jalen Green been doing. He, he you know, kind of bounced back. Well, but, that's because he finally understands his role in the offense. Like he's not, he's not the primary offensive person anymore. But you know what? I, I that might be true. But I, I feel like this team, this Rockets team, has not found an identity as in who they're gonna consider their primary score. Oh, and no, 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 no. and I know we could it's, say we it's, we it's, could say Singoon, but I, I feel like this, and this is the reason I said it. I was watching that Chicago game. Uh, and it came down to the last, what, one and a half second or whatever. And they gave the ball to Jabari Smith to do like a fadeaway three. Wow, Van Vliet was hot that game. Van, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like, I know Smith is good to hit some of those three-pointers like yeah, that. Bro, but but I'm not put if, if, if it's me, bro, I'm going to give it to my star player. And I feel like I could have gave it to Singoon. I'd rather see him working that one and a half second and throw something up than give it to Jabari Smith. Off a, a a runner going down the baseline or whatever the side and, and trying to hit that three, you know, fading away from the basket. So I like Singoon. They need to make they need to find an identity on who's going to be the primary scorer when it comes to clutch time. It either need to be Singoon, Van Vliet, or Green. That's just my opinion. But unless somebody's really hot in that game, I feel like the ball, the focal point through the offense should always be Singoon. And Van, Van Vliet. And, and, and that's true. Because Van Vliet's going to get everybody else involved. And you know, Sagoon is a more consistent scorer outside of Van Vliet. So you already know most of your points are going to come from them too anyway. Yeah. Um, now, I will say this. Uh, they they have shown me that they can be a playoff team, people. Yeah. But I just don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if them two players coming back, like I said, is going to give them the ability to really just – you know, close out some of these games because you look at the 123-117 loss to Indiana. That was an L. We should have got a W on that one. Phoenix, 129-113. Uh, they was fighting, but Phoenix destroyed Houston. So, I'll take that L. But that Philly game... Rocket, that Philly game was too close, bro. Rockets should have won that game. And then then Joel Embiid didn't even play in that game. Yeah, that's why I'm you know saying, saying? That we lost that. And then we, we jumped to Minnesota... That 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 was a game we got destroyed in, you know, for whatever case may be, one twenty two ninety five. Nah, they just let Ant go off in that game. I don't know what we was doing on defense. We wasn't switching when we were supposed to. Yeah. He just driving to the basket, just having his way with us. But but then we lost to Miami after we beat the Milwaukee Bucks fully, full Milwaukee Bucks. You know what I'm saying? We beat them, and we was up on Milwaukee by like twenty points in that game, bro. Yeah. So 
you know, we, we lose to Miami 121-13. We definitely had a shot in that game. And then we lost again on the road to 124-119 overtime in Chicago. So, I want you to look at our last two losses, Miami and Chicago. Uh-huh. We got dominated by the point guard in both of those games. In that Miami game, Tyler Hero was just he was, could not yeah. be stopped. And he then in Chicago, games. they just let Kobe White just just go off. Kobe, yeah, Kobe, Kobe White had White what, was what, 30 just, points or Yeah, something? like, come on. Yeah, this like, man oh. averaged probably about 12 points a game, and you let this just man. lighten us up, bro. And then, and he, and, but you know what? I'm going to tell you what, it, what our problem is. On defense, we suck on the ISO screen on as far as defense goes. Mm-hmm. Because that's how Kobe White was killing us, bro. But not only that, the, the Rockets suck at closing out on the threes, bro. Yeah. It's like, like, and I don't understand. It's like what they do is they, they play like a little game of trickery. And the Rockets keep running towards the primary ball handler. And they keep leaving the man open on the wing. Yeah. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, why don't y'all just play man or something? You yeah, know, face to face. They do zone at the wrong time. Yeah, and, and, and that's what was killing them. And then on top of that, y'all don't even do like a 3-2 zone where you can guard the perimeter. Y'all doing a, a fucking 2-3 zone instead of a 3-2. Yeah. So you got everybody in the paint for no reason or around the paint. No, 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 no. So, the one player I, I do want to uh, say I've really been liking, you know, since they've really been giving him that, that PT, is Cam Whitmore. Like, yeah. I feel like Cam, bro, has been everything that we've been saying he's going to be, and he can be even more. Like, this dude with 13 games, 12 minutes, eight nine, 8.9 points per game, you know. Um, that's pretty efficient, you know. And, and Cam is rebounding. He's stealing. He's a... He's assisting uh, when he can sometimes. But overall, Cam is, is a very uh, versatile player, I would say. Um, that other player is Tari Eason. You know, hats off to him. I think he's really – I would say Tari Eason is really the glue of this team right now. I really like what Dylan Brooks do too. Yeah. But Tari, bro, is the dude. He, he get dirty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because his perimeter defense. I and, feel like his offense – to me, he reminds me of like a young – but a smarter Patrick Beverly, but he don't have to do all. Yeah, you know, talking. I was thinking, I was he don't thinking, have to do all that talking and get all in your face. He's gonna play solid and consistent defense. Yeah, and he gonna be right there on the perimeter, and he gonna be on you like glue. And you know, you know who else he kind of remind me of? Uh, I would say uh, Ariza. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He he got some Ariza abilities in him, but I think he's more athletic than Ariza. Yeah, but then again, I mean, I don't know. I don't know Ariza, Ariza was different when he was young, bro. Like them, when he played for the Lakers, and yeah. when we, when we first we, got him, yeah, the first, yeah, the first go round, yeah, oh, Ariza yeah. was different, bro. Trevor, Ariza but I feel different. like we just put too much on him at that early age. Because remember, when we brought him over from the Lakers, we tried to make him the primary scorer. Yeah, and it's like you know, to me, he was still more like trying to be like that Bruce Bourne yeah, character yeah. type. And like, we, and we find out he was more of just a 3 and D kind of guy yeah. from the wing, you know. And I think Tari Eason can be more than that, though. I think he I think he can be, you know. Yeah, he has a lot of upside. Yeah, he and he's good, explosive. He like, the Rockets got a lot of talent, man. And uh, I guess let's look at some of the, you know, the upcoming games before we wrap. And we could just kind of debate and say, like, where we think they're going to be. Um, right now, we got, what, four, four more games on the road. We got Detroit tonight. Oh, Boston, that, that be Philly, three. and New York before we back at home for a three-game three homestand. Okay. Detroit, we should destroy them. Yeah. 
Boston's gonna be tough. I don't know. I don't think I, like. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this. If we lose that game, if we lose by a single digit, then I feel like we moving in the right direction. Yeah. As long as it's not a double digit loss, we moving in the right direction. Philadelphia I, on Monday, we should actually beat them. Joel, because, Joel and B gonna be playing. I, I don't. It doesn't even matter. The point is, uh, that's their main focal point of offense. Because once we shut down Tyree Maxey, that's it. I don't know, bro. I don't think they can shut that dude down, man. Because when we played Philly just with last week. We couldn't shut him down. But and that, he was the only one our that was really effective. Our perimeter defense is the problem. We got to find a way. Like, Adoku got to find a way in drills, in practice, whatever. He need to find a way to make them, like, Understand like what to be looking for as far as like perimeter defense goes because yeah. I feel like this everybody in the NBA shoots threes now. There's no way around. There's no more. There's no more dominant person in the paint outside hey. of, of what Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. Yeah, that's it. Especially yeah. Everybody shooting threes. Everybody. Everybody. You know, hell, they even got the Spurs even got damn Wimby shooting threes, and this <laughs> dude is like seven nine. So it, it makes no difference. <laughs> come on, bro. Man, like, come on, bro. The dude, the dude out there running to the basket, they just overlooking. They just shooting three. He running to the basket, dunking. They're like, look, look how easy it is. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Throw me the ball. You know, you look at Wimby. You gotta respect that boy, bro, because he'll blow by you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, hey Wimby. I never knew that dude was that fast. Hey, that boy. And that he got a nice little crossover chain. Yeah, well, I say, I say, in here, cross you up, bro. Like, like, whoa, because I, hey, I saw how that boy left uh, Giannis in the dust that game, bro. He crossed the shit out that boy. Yeah. I was like, whoa, when did when we get that in this game, man? I ain't never seen him do that. Hey, the Spurs gonna be something in the future, bro. But uh, as long as he stay healthy, but they ain't they ain't doing that. They shit. trying to trade for Javante uh, uh, Murray again. Man. I mean that'll help them. They do need they need they, they, need, a they need a consistent score though. They yeah. do need that. Um Rockets in New York. Uh, you know what? New York actually looks better since that trade. Since they got uh since they got OG. Yeah. They do look better. So that game right there might be up in the air. I think just based on how the Rockets playing right now, I think they're gonna lose that game. I think it's gonna be a close game. It's gonna be kinda like that Bulls game where it's gonna come down to the wire. Rockets just not gonna close out the game, bro. But unless Dylan Brooks or somebody come back, I think I think the Rockets can do it. Yeah, because that's gonna bring back all of like our only roadblock right now is perimeter defense, and that's the main reason why they brought in Dylan Brooks in the first place. Yeah, that's all, that's all we really need. So look, let me ask you this: if you can go get any position or or kind of player in the NBA right now to you know. Make a trade and help the Rockets. What would it be? Would it be interior or or something on the outside? Ooh, damn! Because like right now, I feel like Sangoon is fine where he's at, but he's man, not good like, defensively. Man, we need we need something in the paint, man. And I told you this, I think like two or three weeks ago. Since the Raptors are breaking down everything right now. We need to go here and get. Can you uh, see? They, I think that I don't know if they put them on a trade block or what. Uh, Siakam. That's what we need. We Siakam. need Siakam. I'm, I'm back we on need, that too. We, we need a, we need a solid defender to help come inside because because what Sagoon to do is he'll he'll you know he'll play defense, but once you start posting him up, he gonna back off. He's not gonna 
really just get in the he gonna back up and just let you just pretty much yeah and if you realize bro that that Chicago game he he allowed Vucevic to do that a lot to him yeah like you know what I'm saying I like, feel like since he feel like I guess he don't have like the physicality he just like backs up and, then, and just asks for help I don't know man like and, and I said and this I said this help. I think uh, Jabari Smith cannot help because he don't he, yeah. they they in the same weight class yeah. I, I can say this again about uh, Sengun. It seems like something has to happen for him to get his motivation going and, and to get into the game to where he want to dominate. Because the first half against Chicago, he didn't do nothing. He was like 0 for 6 or something. Mm-hmm. Halftime. He came alive. And then, yeah. And then they, they had, like, if you was watching the game, they had uh, said something to him. They heard him over the uh, mic. And he was like, I want to win the game now. Like, come on, bro. Like, you should. You should have always had. Yeah, that. like that should have been your first mindset from the from the jump. Like, he should have been playing like he was playing in the first. I mean, the second half in the first half, the Rockets would have won this game, bro. He put up what twenty five points in the second half by himself, including overtime. You know, and I just think that that's the problem, bro. Them dudes got to be on the right page from the beginning to the end, and if they can do that, they'll win. But right now, 18-18, and 18, uh, I think the Rockets are like... Um, I feel like, honestly, that's where they should be. They're not under 500. They are competitive in every game, but they're just not closing out. Yeah, I think the Rockets tied up with the, the, the Lakers or something right now, bro. When we when we talk about standings and stuff. Yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think, I think we're the A seed right now. Yeah, so looking at this... Oh, we dropped down to the night seed. The Suns came in. So, they won some games. Yeah, because the Lakers played and the Lakers lost. So, right now, and, and you know, like, you look at the Suns, bro. The Suns should be a better team with KD and nah, Devin Booker. I know they ain't Brad, got That Bradley Beal experiment was a bust because he's not playing. And you got to realize, you gave up your bench for him. Yeah, and they let Aiden walk, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But but still, I mean, nah, with KD and, and, and Westface, bro, they should still be better, bro. Did you see what happened last night, my boy? What? You ain't see that? Oh, you talking about that blowout? Um, yeah. Not the Celtics blowout, but, but with the, the yeah, other one. Yeah, uh, that old Thunder blowout. Yeah, the Thunder blowout. That 62 points. Man, what the hell? It's crazy. Like, you don't see that in the NBA. That's some college shit right there. Like, I understand the Trailblazers are young right now, but you still got veterans like Aiden. Like you, you, that's you all they be, really got, bro. Because that rookie that they got, uh, he ain't panning out. I don't know. I have I, I only seen them have like two good games so far this year, bro. He ain't panning out. Ooh. I can't even remember his name right now. He's not panning out. Yeah. Hey, hey, you know what? Hey, boy, you a real out of sight, out of mind guy, dog. <laughs> and, and you, you know, cold blooded. Only thing I can really remember right now is when he uh, got drafted and how he had all that all that jewelry on and the grill in his mouth. And he thought he was a shit. And then something just told me. Well, he was good in the G League. Something just told me that he was not going to be it. <laughs> and he so know, far. I'm going to tell you what it is. And you and we both said this. He thought he was going to play with Dame. That's true. He he really thought he was going to play with Dame and learn from him. And then just go from there. Dame ain't trying to have that, man. Dame trying to win, bro. And that's why he went to Milwaukee. And uh, hey, well, Milwaukee starting to like implode on the in, on the inside too. They so. Hey, what? They, where is it? What's their record right now? Milwaukee. Like I know it's good, but yeah, twenty six and twelve, probably number two. 
The NBA, they they yeah, doing right. They've been losing some weird games as of late. I mean, they gonna they gonna lose some because you know they added Damon to the collection and yeah, I know it just take time. And, to yeah, they some. gotta they gotta jail a little bit. But I, I, bet. I would tell you the scariest team in the East right now. People think it's. I feel like it's gonna come down to the Celtics and Pacers. Celtics and Pacers in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, <laughs> I really feel that, bro. Halliburton. I mean, I. I they good, Pace but good, I, bro. I, I like Halliburton, but I don't see them going that far. I like Cleveland, bro. No, you just like Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> like, stop with the cat. <laughs> I mean, you want to trade for Donovan Mitchell right now? I'm sure, hell, I sure would, see? man. I sure would. You just like Donovan. But Mitchell. they got a good squad, though. And honestly, bro, I feel like they haven't tapped that potential yet. No, that team needs a real coach. That's what I'm saying. That's all they need is a coach. That's what I'm saying. I think they, they need a coach to come tap that potential. I think with uh, Donovan Mitchell and who's the uh, the point guard? Uh, Darius Garland. Darius Garland. You got uh, um, the the two bigs. You got Mobley. Mo- yeah, Mobley. And, uh, and, uh, what's the one? Because he blocked Wimby the other day. Jared something. Jared Allen. Yeah. So – with, with those those players we just named, that's four players, bro, right there. That's dominant, like you know, yeah, for real. in their position. Like a solid, and I just feel solid. like Cleveland should be no no worse than three three seed. Really, they shouldn't even be five. They should. I mean, they only a game away. So I guess what I'm saying is really like doesn't really make Do sense. Do you know what's crazy to me? I didn't even know Ben Simmons was still in the NBA, and they just they just sent he just sent a, a tweet out talking about I'll be back soon. I'm like, bro. You was in the NBA still? Ben I didn't even know he still played for the Nets or anything. Ben Simmons is done, bro. Uh, the the one last team I want to talk about in the East is uh, Orlando. Uh, no, he Orlando. Decent. Orlando is actually still decent at this point. You know, they was actually like one or two seed a couple weeks ago. That's how, but, that's how competitive the East is. But they still, they still right there. They still riding. And I think Orlando it could be a dark horse team. That you kind of got to watch out for in the playoffs. All right, what do you think Atlanta's problem is? Because they got a lot of they. I feel like they got a lot of potential too, but they never live up to it. I don't know, bro. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I, I can't really name too many people outside of. I mean, Trey Young, Trey Young, and uh, and Capella. Murray. Oh, you got you and, got the John, Murray. You got Dejounte Murray. You got oh Clint Capella. I think. I don't know, bro. I don't know what's wrong with that team. Now in the West, oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> it's tough, but I think the Rockets, if they if they stay on par, they could be in the play-in. Phoenix mm-hmm. probably going to be in the play-in. Dallas, you know, going to get in. Uh, Lakers, I think the Lakers going to miss the playoffs, bro. And then Golden State, I mean, Golden State, we don't really know what they're going to do either. That's the only team I really see Man, that's below Draymond 500, bro. Draymond not doing nothing, bro. Draymond not doing nothing. Hey, look, before we wrap this up, do you think this is the last season that Golden State is glued the way they are right now with Clay, Curry, and Draymond. Yes, Draymond is gonna be the one that's gone. Draymond and Clay. I about to say I think they both gone, and Curry gonna be the only one that's gonna be left. Because you see how the younger players are already complaining if they're not getting no PT. Yeah, because they they say they're gonna trade uh, Wiggins so uh, Jonathan Kaminga can get some more PT. Why would they trade Wiggins? He He's solid. He's solid defense. I guess. Man. I guess they feel like Kaminga is 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 the man to replace him, and he's holding he's holding holding those minutes hostage. That's I guess. Cap. That's cap. So 
We we look at the. I mean, right now, bro, the Western Conference is surprising. We, we talking. Hey, about everybody it. think the Clippers might make a run. I don't. Hey, did you see they just gave your boy, oh, you know, serious man. They gave him his money. Oh, uh, Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi got paid, bro. Like, and you know what? Uh, and they talking about Paul George. They trying to work a, a contract out for him next. Um, to be honest, bro, if the Clippers can. Keep continue to improve. This might be the perfect year for them to do. Let me tell you something. Do it. Hey, you might say I'm crazy for this, for saying this. Hey, look. If the Clippers, by chance, make it to the finals, I guarantee they finna dismantle that whole team. Why? Why would they do that? Because, number one, they can't afford it. Number two, you already know Kawhi's going to go on a hiatus because he's going to feel like he did everything he needed to do. That's that's the problem with paying Kawhi. Anytime you pay Kawhi, he's going to deliver. But that next year? Yeah. I, I, agree. I agree, bro. You, you just because it's like know. you setting yourself up for failure. Because, what, that man has been with the Clippers. He's already been paid three times. And he ain't really. And he's only do. played like, what, two years out of them? Out of them five, he been there. Yeah. Like, come on, man! You done paid <laughs> this man three times. Cause I think he just got a contract for a hundred. He got a hundred and fifty million dollar extension. When he was hurt, he got a hundred and seventy five million dollar extension. When he first signed with the Clippers, he got a two hundred and twenty million dollar contract. Yeah. You tell. So you done paid this man almost half a billion dollars, and he's only paid two years out of six. Hey, and he come got, on, and bro. He, he helping them build that new arena out there, man. I guess it's gonna be the house that. Bro, the owner, the <laughs> owner worked for Microsoft. He don't need no help. He doesn't need any help. And then you help bring in Paul George. Like, come on, bro. Like, let's stop. Yeah. Let's stop the man. And you still gotta figure out what you're gonna do with Harden. Because he going because even though he's not due for an extension, he will be next year. Well, the way I see it, bro, Harden probably gonna be on, on the tail end of that because they they only talking about George and Kawhi. I really don't see Harden. Uh, yeah, and you know Westbrook took NBA minimum just to stay. Yeah, so them two dudes, they probably be somewhere else on somebody else's franchise come nah. next season. But uh, Westbrook gonna stay because I don't feel like he don't feel like bouncing nowhere else. Bro. Well, he in LA, he at home, so yeah. And and you got to realize James Harden at home too, and he did all that begging and pleading. They to get, get out of Philadelphia to go look, there. The next move is the Lakers, bro. Bro, just take the pay cut. Hey, honestly, this might sound crazy. I see him better off with the Kings than I do him with the Lakers. Who, Harden? Yeah. Harden ain't going to no Kings. That's too small. Hey, but they got everything in place, bro. They do, but he ain't going. It's, it's too small of a market. He ain't going. He ain't going. He don't hit. Harden like the party. <laughs> that is, ain't shit Harden like the party, bro. Ain't shit to do in Sacramento. But Man. what you don't want to do, and that's play basketball. Yeah. So, so he might be right about that. Yeah, so that's a wrap, people. On this episode, thank you again for looking, listening. Don't forget to share. You know, we on all your favorite podcast platforms. Show us love. Uh, donate some money to us for a coffee or two so we can have us a hot coffee next time we do this uh, upcoming episode because it's going to be cold. Yeah, we got that winter freeze coming. And go Texans, baby. You already hey, know. Have fun at the game tomorrow. I know you're going to enjoy it, but hey. We will see come Sunday what C.J. Stroud is all about. Win or lose, I'm telling you, 
he gonna be the best quarterback after that game. Yeah. Win or lose. I know that for a fact. For sure. For sure. 